welcome to a very, very special episode of Sack King's Therapy. We're, we've reached 100 episodes. Uh, and yeah, in order to celebrate, you know, the landmark episode, the 100th episode, we're going to do, do a little bit of a rewind. We're going to, you know, we did something similar to this last year where we went through, you know, the, the greatest series in King's history that we ultimately, unfortunately, did not win 2002 Western Conference Finals against the Kings, against the Kings, against the Lakers. Uh, last year, we did Game 7, and it was a, I thought it was a really fun episode to actually watch, you know, th- that series, that game. And, you know, for our 100th episode, we're going to go through the most famous game in that series, Game 6. Now, Game 6 is mired in controversy for being one of the worst officiated games of all time. So much to the point where a lot of people to this day still call it rigged for the, for ratings and for the Lakers, um, the big market to win. Because, you know, basically the NBA and NBC wanted, you know, more games and they wanted the more popular team, which was the Lakers at that point, to, you know, basically get as much money out of, you know, these games and, you know, just do what's best for business as, you know, um, WWE, I think, I think the McMahons, it's usually McMahons who say that and, yeah, so it, there was a bit of a screw job, uh, according to a lot of people. And yeah, so we're going to actually go through game six and see if there's any merit to this to these theories, these conspiracies. And with me, making his return to go through game six with me, Fong. Hello, I am welcome back. Yeah, how was your uh, vacation? Uh... It's, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I did get to see uh, the Clippers game. Uh, was it game by six? Yeah, uh, that, it was the Terrence Mann game. Yeah, game six of the semifinals. So yeah, that was yeah that's pro- that, like my first playoff game ever. And uh, yeah, I gotta say it, it was loud. <laughs> it was loud. Yeah, the uh, I mean it was like the first time I've really ever heard Clippers fans get loud. I guess game I guess game seven versus the Spurs in 2014 maybe maybe that was a little louder. But like I mean it, it warmed my heart watching Terrence Mann go off, and you know the obligatory there goes that man jokes like you know that was that was his game. And uh, yeah, I mean they they dest- they they destroyed Rudy Gobert. <laughs> they kind of ruined Rudy Gobert forever. Oh yeah, it, it was kind of sad because um. I saw like quite a few uh, Utah fans, and they were they were devastated. Let's just say, while Clippers fan just yelling at them. I mean, what was it? They went up 25 and somehow just blew that lead. I mean, I, when they went up 25, I turned it off, and then later on, I saw that Terrence Mann was going off, and it was a close game, and I turned it back on. I mean, I did not regret it. I'll just say that. Oh yeah, no, you did not. And yeah, luckily for Rudy Gobert, uh, Ben Simmons uh, kind of crapped the bed, so you know took the heat off of him. But yeah, Rudy Gobert got outplayed that uh, that game, and we shall see how Utah goes forward with this. I did see something, I think it was on Twitter or Instagram, which not a great source, but like uh, Donovan Mitchell might not be very happy. But we are not here to talk about those things. We are here to talk about the Kings and Game Six of 2002 in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. Just before we get into it, I was able to dig out, kind of dig and find an article from 2002 from Michael Wilbon, Wilbon? I almost said Wilborn, but 
Um, so just to kind of quickly give a little bit of context uh, to the game before we get into it. So this was a this was a uh, article called Talk About a Foul. Game six was a real stinker. He alleges basically this was published right after the game. He alleges that the Kings and the Lakers didn't decide this game. It was the refs. And he called, and interestingly enough, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later. This was the refereeing crew, Dick Bavetta, Bob Delaney, and Ted Bernhardt. Uh, you'll be hearing these names a few more times, but according to him, at the time, these were the three best refs in the game. But uh, Since then, their names have been quite dragged through the mud, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, there was a Vlade quote um, that basically, I think this was, they weren't very specific about what this quote was about and what the context was, but Vlade apparently had a quote after this game of why don't why don't the NBA just let us know in advance? I guess implying, talking about like the foul calls. We come here, we go back to Sacramento, back here, just let us know. Like I'm. I don't really know what this quote is about, but it just sounds like it's implied that this was about the refereeing and how, you know, uh, the NBA won seven games. Uh, really? Yeah. That's kind of it, interesting. It's very vague, <laughs> to say the least, but I, th- I thought it was an interesting quote. I just wanted to pull something from, you know, that that period of time, like, and without hindsight, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it was... what. Yeah, after watching a game, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty ugly. Let's just say the least. And really, it could have went either way. It could have definitely went the Kings' way, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So he did he did talk to some some fans and some experts. By the way, uh, Michael is a writer in Washington D.C., so he has no real um stake in who wins this one but he was very he was he's very much on the side of game six was rigged and the whole and the kings got screwed um he talked to some people who a lot of a lot of people we talked to said that the kings got screwed uh during this game and but there were some people who just kind of accept the fact and honestly this still you know a lot of people back in the day especially like in the 90s they just accepted the fact that, you know, the, the NBA wants seven games, that TV networks want seven games, and that there there's going to be, I guess, favorable calls in, in on one side, like no matter what. And it was just expected. Some people were just like saying, well, they, the uh, NBA wants a game seven, so, you know, this is how they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like it kind of went in a more smooth way, I guess. Uh, I don't know how... You know, I'm not a ref. I don't know how to rig games at all. But, uh, yeah, you know, now that we're mentioning about, um, you know, bad officiating, I don't even remember the last time where we had a bad officiating, like, to the point where we, uh, you know, extend games like this. Uh, we'll get into that. I, I feel like there's been some. Like, uh, one thing I always hear was, like, 06 and uh, Dallas versus uh heat and way got all the calls but like we'll, we'll get into it in a bit later but i i just think like it's not as one-sided as it sounds it like whoever loses these series tends to like to it like people tend to forget the calls that did go their way and uh yeah we'll we'll get into it but mm-hmm. um 
according to according to I guess common knowledge at the time was the the refs were very inconsistent from game to game. In game one, Shaq went off and apparently drew so many fouls during that game, and they won game one in Sacramento. And However, going to Game 2 and Game 3, Phil Jackson was the one uh, complaining and saying that the Lakers were getting cheated because Kings apparently in Game 3 shot 20 more free throws than the Lakers. And during the commentary during uh, Game 6, uh, Luke Walton, Luke Wal- Bill Walton brings up the <laughs> fact that brings up the fact that whoever shoots the more free throws it, in these games are the ones that win. And in game five was another kind of contentious uh, game where Shaq only got one free throw attempt. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, that beast in the paint got one free throw the entire game. Gee. And if you're Wait. wondering, he, he, he missed that free throw. So yeah. there, there's that. <laughs> and Kings shot 10 more free throws during that game as well. Like it, it, it was a... It's not like saying I'm not saying like these games were rigged or anything, but like it was very, very inconsistent uh, throughout and definitely gives fuel to the fire to the theory that these games were kind of like, you know, favored one way or the other. And, you know, depending on who who loses, they have something to complain about and something to point to for their loss. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Going back to the shot thing, how, how many points did he actually end up with? Uh, off the top of my head, twenty six. I want to say. Let me just look it up real mm. quick. So that was a one point game, by the way. And Kings win on a Mike on a Mike Baby jumper in Game Five. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me see. Shaq had twenty eight. Still had twenty eight points. Fourteen for eighteen. So, but again, that really stands out. One free throw. Mm-hmm. Shaq. Yeah. He should be averaging at least ten. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, he does. <laughs> so he, he definitely get definitely gets it all back in this game. But uh, yeah, so the, again, inconsistent refereeing all around. It it definitely just, like if you want to say that this series was, you know, very poorly officiated, you, you that is an objective fact. It was a very poorly officiated series throughout. And yeah, again, it, you get if you want to get diving conspiracies, you have a lot of ground to stand on in that. The NBA definitely favored one team over the other from game to game and really wanted to force game seven. And, you know, in game seven, refereeing was fine. Like, in my opinion, like going th- going through it last year, I thought it was fine. Like, it was two, like, you know, heavyweight champions going one on one with each other. And the Lakers just outlasted the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with uh, Pedro being injured and not playing as well as he should have. Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, Lakers played the better game that day. Uh, after the game, uh, apparently, um, people said, the reporter said that the Kings, uh, were composed overall, but, uh, it did come out that the vets were worried that the young guys on the team, uh, were going to adopt and kind of a lose a bit of a loser's mentality in that everyone is against us. Nothing's going to go our way, but the vets were co- very composed. And they were they just kind of had the mentality of saying, like, you know what? We lost this game. We got to win the next one. And apparently the Lakers uh, during before this game, apparently were pretty dead in the locker room. Like their morale was really bad. But after this game, uh, according to some people, according to the reporters, um, the Lakers looked to regain their swagger. And Kobe even had a quote saying that we're the champions. 
right? We, you know, we we're gonna cut. We're not gonna go down like this, basically. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, that's kind of the context of really one of the only articles I could find about this game. I did, I'll be honest, didn't look that deep, but like this gives a little bit of context for this game. And let's get into it. Uh, starting with the first quarter, uh, my first note is that the Kings just could not get anything at the rim. Uh, and another thing I just you'll that I noticed throughout the game, Shaq barely ever leaves the paint. Like, it's just, it's so compacted in there when you just have Shaq literally just standing there at all times. Like, and, you know, it's kind of the spacing issue of the era, of the era but, like, you know, Vlade just wasn't, a, I guess, a, enough of a threat from mid-range or, you know, of course, like, in today's game, he'd be shooting threes. So the fact, the fact that it's jarring to me that Shaq really kind of, got off easy in that era in terms of never really having to leave the paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, it really showed with, uh, you know, Wadi and Pol- it was eh, Pollard. Eh, eh. Keep on mispronouncing his name. Pollard. Pollard. Uh, Pollard. Pollard. There we go. Game like just a bunch of fouls. Like, you know, Shaq was just too much of a beast. Yeah, like, you know, there were a lot of, like, what I call weak foul calls, like, that he got. But that man is a monster. Like, he's he's so big, somehow very mobile. And this is Shaq. This, by the way, this is slow Shaq. I don't even want to imagine what Orlando Shaq was like. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Anyways, uh, for the most part, I thought the foul calls were pretty even during this game. Um, Lakers did get a lot of weak fouls. Um and these kind of come back to haunt the Kings a, a bit, but like Vlad, on one, one of them where Vladi is simply guarding Shaq, like there, nothing really happens. Shaq is trying to get position and all of a sudden just gets a foul call. And like Vladi is just, I mean, like what is he supposed to do in a lot of these? And uh, yeah, um, Lindsey Hunter had a three that I'm pretty sure was a two that I noticed and, but they never wiped the point off. Uh, Weber, um, late Weber and Bibby late into the first had all of Sacramento's 17 points and the only two other field goals like later on that were not, uh, Weber and Bibby were assisted by Weber. So like things just were not going for the Kings, like their offense was not flowing, but they did, we, they did start to kind of weather the storm towards the start of the second. Uh, another note I have is that Weber really, really likes going behind the back. <laughs> Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I I think he does it a little too much, but you know it's it's his style, and he does get it to the uh, guy's hands at times. So well, it works out for him, I guess. Yeah, like I'm not saying like either one of these guys are like like him, but like th- this offense actually reminds me a lot of kind of the Denver Nuggets play, and instead of you know having Jokic, you have essentially Jokic split into two, where neither one of them is as good as Jokic, but they play like him in a way. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We- you know Weber is a a, ma- a really good passer. Uh, Vlade is a very good passer. It's it's the it really is like the greatest show on on the court. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so fun to watch, like, ball movement when it's flowing. Balls is just flying all over the place, getting good shots. And, you know, again, this is what beautiful basketball looks like. Uh, yeah, too bad we won't be able to experience it anymore. <laughs> eh, you know, you never know in the in the future. 
Uh, anyway, going into quarter two, Kings offense start to kind of hum a little bit more with uh, Shaq on the bench. Uh, Bow Wow is in the crowd. Um, like Mike came out in July. <laughs> I noticed that. All, all the Hollywood stars are here. Like Brad Pitt's here. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Will Smith, Chris Rock. Everybody's like here. Um, and um, Scott Pollard picks up his third foul on a, let's just call it, let's just say questionable, a questionable and one on Shaq. Again, this is kind of where like you can you can really feel the anger from Kings fans where Scott Pollard just has his hands up and is backing up and somehow he gets a foul call on him on a Shaq and one again. Like it's just what is he supposed to do? Yeah, uh, I feel like that ha- happened in the fourth quarter as well, where he just, you know, just throws his hands up and all of a sudden he gets to foul i mean yeah there's really nothing he could do shaq's like legitimately two times bigger than this guy yeah and again like you can't be physical you can't really touch him like you can't really play much of any defense the the best you can do is just try and push him a little bit farther out and just hope for the best but like they the refs did not let the king's uh defenders do that they they were very sensitive, let's just say, with, with a lot mm-hmm. of the Shaq post-ups and Shaq contact for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a kind of a makeup call for that bad phantom call where Hito just loses the ball, like going up for a pull-up. And they somehow call a foul on Devin George, and Devin George looks pissed off. And I don't blame him because he, did, he, did, he was nowhere near uh, Hito on that one. And Hito literally just like bounces it off his foot, and I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaq gets another like a phantom and one later on in the quarter at two, I have it at 212 on Weber again just what like Weber literally just starts backing up and gets a foul call like what again just again sensitive fouls fouls that like are just what I call weak fouls if a foul at all uh, yeah it. I mean it's gonna happen throughout the game so yeah. Um. Another thing we'll we'll get back into. Vlade really liked the pick and pop, but this game it was not falling down because, I mean, not not because of anything. He just missed shots and like Shaq is giving it to him. Like they he just gives it to him and it's one of those things when you kind of look back like you can complain about the foul calls all you want. Vlade needed to hit some of these because like they were wide 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 open. And like, you know, one or two makes here, it's a totally different game. But he did not, you know, he just could not hit these mid-range pull-ups. Or not pull-ups, mid-range spot-up pick-and-pops. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. But, you you know, if that's the case, you think the rest would have caught a lot more fouls against us if that were the case? I don't if think that... so. I just, I think, like, these are, these are the plays where, like, y- you have an opportunity to score. And, like, it's easy points. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, Vladi makes one of these. It's a totally different game. Oh, yeah, but, most definitely. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's just the case. Like, you know, you, you can you can blame the refereeing all you want, and it's not good, like, as I've mentioned so far. But, like, you got to make these shots. You Like, you're, you have these opportunities to take over the game. And as I like to say, go for the kill, because there was there were a few moments where they could have done that but they just could not capitalize and these opportunities that you know the Lakers give to you you got to capitalize on them because they're a good team and you need to be you need to like stay composed and again take the opportunities where they come mm-hmm. 
Uh, however, uh, you know, give give credit to Vladi. Vladi did hit a you know a very futuristic pick and pop three to close out a very good uh, second quarter for the Kings, where they started to kind of pull away. They, they end up leading by five, which you know back in the back in those days was a big lead <laughs> and <laughs> did actually matter and did not disappear in two seconds. Mm-hmm. But like it, it it was it was big. Like you know that huge pick and pop three, and they started to get a little bit of cushion on the. On the Lakers. Um, going into halftime, uh, just a few quick notes about the uh, halftime show. Jason Kidd had and the Nets literally just beat the Celtics, and they and they were really excited about facing whether Sacramento or the, the uh, Lakers. You know, looking at hindsight, you know, un- it's unfortunate that you know the Lakers absolutely crushed them in the finals. They had no chance. But Kid did have did have something did did say he was excited to be the underdog for whoever comes out of the West and you know has this line anything can happen. Oh, did he predict the future? <laughs> well, uh, n- not really. I would just say I would just say well the better team won, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, also just to quickly shout out uh, Paul Pierce, like you know. Paul Pierce like had a had a pretty damn good series actually uh, in in Boston versus uh, the Nets in 2002. I remember they had a, like I remember they had like a 26 point comeback in Game Four or Game Five, and uh, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that he gets clowned on as much as he does. But in the, in Game Six apparently they had to they just doubled him every time down the floor on in the fourth quarter, and because of just the stupid shit he says on like ESPN and some of the garbage takes that he has. Like you forget that Paul Pierce was really, really good back in the day. Yeah. It's just too bad. He didn't have a supporting cast to, you know, help him go further, but oh man, that's not until 2008. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, but he, I just, you just forget like he was like LeBron's rival at one point. Mm-hmm. Not he's nowhere near as good, but like the, but like he was a killer, a killer in the clutch. One of like the best like shot creators and like shot makers in the league at one point. And it's too bad that most people nowadays know him as that clown on ESPN with the bad takes. Yeah, gee, it's yeah, it has been that long. <laughs> okay, going into the third quarter, uh, uh, Mike Bibby apparently had an interview. Uh, saying that his tricep is really stiff. He did have like a tricep injury, although I'm not sure if it started this series or not. But it, it was bothering him, and you know, it's it's just something to keep to keep note of. Um, it's, uh, there was a stat uh, graphic that came up. Apparently, Hito Turkoglu during the first two games uh, averaged four points per game on 25% shooting. Uh, you want to take a guess at what he averaged the next three games? Hmm. He did shoot better. He did shoot better. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll give you that clue. I think he did. Uh, I got to say maybe at least 10 points, right? About 10 points. So, so, you know, you're kind of close. 15 points per game on 50% field goal. Oh, that's real good. Coming off the bench. Well, he started this game, didn't he? crap <laughs> i think he did and uh you know he he got he finally got going and bill 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 Walton, yes bill Walton was mm. saying that rick adelman trusted in his trusted in in him because it did not look good those first two games and 
he did not bench him for it, and he just let him keep playing, and he kind of started to get going, and he played okay this game, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, wasn't visible for uh, long stretches, but you know, did come through in certain moments. Yeah, I, I forgot. Pe- was it? Was Peja injured this game, or was it? I'm already forgetting. Jeez. He he had de- well, he played this game, but you can kind of tell like he was a little off. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, in game seven, yeah, you could tell he was a little off. He sprained his Page just sprained his ankle uh during the during the first series against I want to say Utah. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, unfortunately, he never really recovers in this series. He he's a lot better next year, but yeah, he never really recovers uh and is one hundred percent during this series, and that really could have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Vlade gets his third foul at eight eight oh two. Another kind of really what I call phantom foul uh, against Shaq, where Shaq is just trying to get position on him. And Vlade kind of has his arm down a little bit, but it's nothing like that really stands out. Like, it's just it's just two guys like jostling for position and like easily could have been a no call. And for some reason, again, the 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 refs were very sensitive to any kind of contact on on Shaq. And uh, yeah, that was his third. Yep, just keeps on adding up until we hit that fourth quarter. Uh, however, right after that, there was a there was kind of a makeup what a kind of a makeup call a slash no call at two minutes later, um at 6:40 where um Shaq posts up Vlade gets a little bit of a jump hook off, but to me anyway, it looked like Vlade clearly bumps him, and for whatever reason, no call. So. You know, like again, looking back at the like when whenever people bring up like, oh, the refs are really bad and one sided, you tend they tend to leave out the fact that there were calls that went, you know, that went the team that got screwed over's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they got to hide it somehow, you know, <laughs> they got even it out. And it, it, this is how I always see refereeing. Whenever you see a really bad call, chances are a bad call is coming the other way re- real soon. And mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, I just I'm just a big believer and you just got to keep playing. You can't let it bother you. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you know, just make the most of your of the opportunities that are presented to you. Mm-hmm. And anyways, uh, to move on, Lakers look pretty dead in the water um, at around the six at around like the six minute, five minute mark, where after a uh, Chris Webber and one, it looked bad for the Lakers. Like they they looked dejected. Like what? Uh, the Kings were on a roll. They were getting things going. Uh, but Vlade, well, not Vlade. Why did I say keep saying Vlade? Weber would miss the free throw, and Shaq would kind of start to get back on track. And kind of that that's how they kind of storm back, um, in, into the game. Uh, so Vlade gets his fourth foul on a loose ball foul on Shaq. He where he kind of like rebounds and it looks like he kind of hits Shaq a little bit, but like. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty, like, again, another kind of pretty meh, weak call. Like, I mean, you, you could have just given it. You could have just not called it. I just didn't think it was a foul on Vlade. Mm-hmm. So uh, up to this point, outside of a really hot stretch in the first, uh, I, I, I noted that Kobe was not really having a good game. Doug, like, I, I didn't know this about, about him, but, like, he was a legitimate Kobe stopper. Like a legitimate, like top five defender in the league, and especially good at guarding Kobe. 
And, like, he was just all over him this game. Nothing easy for Kobe. And, it, you know, the rare times that he did get free from uh, get free from Christie, you know, there was just no space for him to really operate. And he was always kind of forced into a really awkward floater or, like, a crazy, ridiculous, like, twisting layup. Part of it was, like, you know, Shaq is always in the paint. And they're just, you know, in, in that era, you just did not have space in the paint anyways. But, like, yeah, Kobe up to this point was not really having a good game. And all the credit in the world to Doug for just making it so tough on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, again, I'm going to have to say it is. We're going to wait until the fourth quarter because things change. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, Kings, uh, my note to end this quarter is that the game is tied at 75-75. Uh, Lakers do storm back towards the end. But like my main note is the Kings had a chance. They were, I think, up around six-ish, and they had a chance to go for the kill there. But like just kind of not, you know, not being able to make shots, make crucial shots, and letting the Lakers get back into it. I'm pretty sure like that they really like they really punched themselves for this one because they had a chance to just they had a chance to end a chance to end it, but just didn't go for it. And it's a tie game going to the fourth, 75-75. And we'll be getting to the main event. Yeah. Okay, here it is. The main event. Fourth quarter. So before we get into it, I'm going to put it, I'm just going to put this out there. Lakers, 27 free throws in the fourth quarter. They made 21, so they didn't miss some. But they only had five field goals the entire fourth quarter. Five made field goals. 27 free throws is the magic number. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little ridiculous, let's just say the least. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of that many free, uh, field, or sorry, free throws happen in just one quarter before, especially with only five made field goals. Uh, I forgot how many attempts they made uh, during this quarter. Well, well, I just, as I was saying, I don't think King, Kings, I don't think have exceeded 27 free throws, like half of their games, like probably like only a quarter of their games they've ever exceeded 27 free throws. It's a lot of calls. And, you know, talk about like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of smoke here. 27 mm. free throws. Although I, I'll, we'll do our best to kind of go, you know, dig through all that smoke and see if there is actually fire in the conspiracy theory that game six was rigged. So you want to start? Well, I guess uh, all I could say is that, you know, both teams had their, like, I guess you could say their own foul troubles, uh, both uh, with Kings, uh, you know, having a Pollard, geez, why am I saying Pollard? Pollard and uh, Vlade having four each already coming towards the fourth and you know they're the one and only guys that really could uh you know i guess keep Shaq in place not really you know because Shaq is you know a beast of a man and uh lakers i mean their only really uh player that had a foul trouble was a uh, fox fox uh also a four so starting off uh yeah uh it's gonna get a little uh tough when you know two of your best i guess defenders to uh stay against shack is uh being in foul trouble so yeah we'll see 
Okay, so the first call I have is Pollard's fifth. It was an illegal screen, definitely a hard, a rough screen where he definitely leans in with his shoulder. So I, I didn't disagree with that, to be honest, although yeah. I've seen it not called before. So I don't know. I, I give, I, I'll, I'll give the refs this one in yeah. terms of just like, yeah, it was a foul. His sixth foul was pretty stupid, honestly, on his part because he guards Shaq. Now, now everyone's paying attention to the upper body. The upper body really doesn't move into Shaq, but you can see that he he his hip essentially leans into Shaq, and Shaq kind of actually and basically pushes Shaq a little bit, and you know, away from the basket for his sixth foul. And mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, in my opinion, I thought he kind of like pushed a little, like you know, he he did try to step in front to you know. Uh, have uh you know give Shaq less space to work with when he made that hook shot uh but you know I felt like it could have gone either way then again this is a quote-unquote bad officiating game so you know of course the refs are gonna call uh, that kind of foul and you know uh, I I feel like it could have been a no call in in my opinion I yeah I honestly thought it was legit I thought it was a good I mean, it was the right call, but yes, it could have gone as a no call because there were some calls, I think, even during the fourth quarter where I honestly thought Shaq should have gotten the call. But that's where the makeup foul comes in a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And yeah, I thought I thought the sixth foul was legit. And mm-hmm. he, he's out. He plays 11 minutes this game, grabs six very quick fouls. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vlade is during the quarter is still missing these wide open pick and pops. And remember, Shaq just refuses to leave leave the paint and just give him these open looks. And I don't know what it is with Vlade this game. He just could not knock them down. Um, Pager Pager draws a foul, misses two free throws. That which kind of come back to haunt the Kings. It probably is a different game if he makes those two free throws. But yeah, you can just kind of tell he's a little off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Coming from that injury, and he's not, yeah, he's not 100%, but yeah, missing two free throws from one of the greatest shooters of all time, it's it's a tough, tough get, and it's too bad that he didn't make those. It could really went a different way, to be honest. So I'm going to look up his free throw shooting just real quick. He, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's in the 80s, 89%. Yeah. <laughs> And let me quickly just log his playoffs. So in 2002, he shot you know, 90, just under 90% from the free throw line. He misses two. So yeah, yeah it's, it's it's some that ankle like it's definitely bothering him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his form to me looks really weird. Like his arm crosses the middle of his body. It's weird, like diagonally, and I'm I, the form just looks weird to me. Mm. I don't know if that can attribute to, you know, an ankle injury, but you know, yeah, whatever is up with him, it is is not there, definitely. Uh, the next foul of note, uh, Lotte gets his fifth on a shack up and under. What, what did you think? Mm, uh, mm, <laughs> I I think it went either way as well, in my opinion. Personally, I thought it was legit. 
in that he kind of he like you can tell when Shaq gets fouled when he kind of backs up because he's a mountain of a man and he will go through guys so I it uh, you know when he gets like moved back a little and there was a lot of arm contact so mm-hmm. I thought it was legit I couldn't see his lower body because Walton on the commentary wanted to travel and yeah I, I don't know maybe it was a travel good move from Shaq and he draws uh he draws Vladi's fifth Vladi goes to the bench Lawrence Funderburk checks in mm-hmm. and uh he's pretty hopeless against Shaq oh yeah but yeah going back to the Shaq uh, travel call uh I yeah to be honest after watching it at first I thought it could have been a call to travel but you know we can't challenge it like we can uh in today's game, well, actually, I don't think we could challenge it if it's considered a foul call, actually. Yeah, it's I don't know how the rules work. Like, the thing is, like, you have to challenge a foul call, and there definitely was a foul. Yeah. Like, does he travel before it? And I can't, again, I can't see his feet, and I don't think you can call a travel on that play is the thing. Mm-hmm. There was no call there, so you can't challenge that. And I, I don't know. Um, Yeah, that, that was just... Yeah, I mean, like, I thought it was a legit fifth foul. And, mm-hmm. again, Lawrence, Lawrence Funderburg checks in. Pretty hopeless <laughs> against mm-hmm. Shaq. He's just, too, he's just too small. Oh, yeah. However, on the next play, talk about makeup calls. Shaq kind of bulldozes Weber on the next play. <laughs> Although, I will say, he looked more like a flop than anything from Weber. What do you think? Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw that, too. I thought it was more of a flop, too. Uh, but, you know... Shaq is a big man, and, you know, probably Russ see this big man just knocking down a smaller man and, you know, thinks it's just a is a charge. <laughs> so I, I mean, guys do bounce off him like bowling pins. It's just crazy how damn strong Shaq was back in the day. And, mm-hmm. like, this is, this is muscular Shaq. This is not, like, fat Shaq, <laughs> like oh. regular season Shaq. This is big oh. muscle, muscle man uh, Shaq. And, yeah, he... Yeah, he gets the, um, I think this was his third or fourth foul. He's not in foul trouble is kind of where I'm getting at. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, uh, what's it called? Gives the ball back to the Kings. I did not write the score. But on the the next play that I wrote down, uh, Bobby Jackson fouls Kobe on a clear path foul. I, what did you think? Mm, I think, I feel like it was more intentional just so it could stop the play and, you know, give him free throws. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it, it would it should or he intentionally gave the foul. Yeah, pretty bad foul on Bobby. I mean, it was pretty it's pretty easily a clear path foul. And she should he should have known better. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the next one I have is that Weber at the five, Lawrence Thunderberg, I guess this, it doesn't really matter. Um, Shaq is guarding Weber, and you can finally kind of like this is where the paint finally kind of opens up a little bit. I notice because he has to guard Weber, and Weber has a mid-range jump shot, and Shaq finally has to drag his ass outside of the paint now. <laughs> And yeah. it re- you really notice because it leads directly to a number of layups by Bobby Jackson and Mike Bibby right away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I felt like I felt like, you know, maybe the Kings should have explored this route, although I don't know how they would have done it, because if you have Vlade in like Shaq just isn't guarding Vlade, but whoever the five was kind of working. Yeah, I, I got to say, like, 
if as long as Weber, you know, of course, stays out of the paint, I think he would definitely made those uh, mid ranges like he was in the fourth quarter. Um, but you know, yeah, it, if it were to switch like from Wadi to Weber on the five, I think we would have a slightly better chance in terms of offense because Weber has been hitting those mid ranges well. Wadi, yeah, was was really not showing anything in that range. Again, you just, you just got to go back to Vladi. He had to hit some of those pick and pops. Like, it, it's kind of his shot, it looks like. It just wasn't making it this game. Mm-hmm. Weber was, and, you know, should have probably explored Weber at the five. A little bit more, although he's pretty hopeless against Shaq <laughs> yeah. on defense. But, you know, it's something to kind of wear out Shaq a little bit because Shaq really did, like, rarely came out of the paint in this game mm-hmm. yeah, you could just t- you can feel his presence because he has a crazy long wingspan i think it's one of the longest uh, in history seven seven wingspan oh gee <laughs> it's insane um next next note i have shaq gets shaq gets a pretty weak foul call on uh Thunderberg, and thunder pushes him a little bit on an entry pass but i just did not think it was a foul but yeah shaq gets a weak another weak call again this is where just it just it was starting to get a kind of annoying because what is Thunderberg supposed to do? He's, you know, probably half the size of Shaq, who's just bulldozing his way into the paint. And, you know, like, I don't know what Thunder it's unfortunate for Thunderberg, but I, it's a weak call, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for him, he all he could really do is, you know, draw fouls. I think he tried draw, drawing a couple during this quarter. One on, uh, I believe it was um, Hori, uh, when uh, Hori was uh, trying to draw the charge, but, you know, it, <laughs> it wasn't a charge. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all he could do really is draw fouls and foul, <laughs> foul Shaq whenever uh, he thinks he needs to. I remember there was, I remember reading that Shaq would call Vladi a flopper. But, like, I'm looking at Robert Ori. That dude flops, mm-hmm. like, a lot. And, yeah, if, if he was playing today, he, he definitely would have been fine, you know, muddy for flopping as much as he did. Just oh, yeah. Constantly just, like, you know, bo- like, basically just falling backwards. Like, you know, De- again, Derek Fisher is another guy, although I didn't really notice it that much from him this game. But, like, it's, yeah, there's a lot of floppers on the Lakers <laughs> that I've been <laughs> – yeah. Anyways, my next note. There was a f- interesting possession where <clears throat> uh, Hito Turkaloo b- basically is on the break, and I think it was Mike Bivy or somebody with the ball, and Hito is open and he's kind of running into like kind of the mid range area, and I'm and I just wrote down here is like in today's game that is a sprint to, to a wide open corner three. Instead, he kind of runs into the mid-range and ends up passing it out because, like, he can't stop on a dime for, like, a mid-range pull-up. I just thought, well, I just thought like, that stood out to me because that that is, like, every, 10 times out of 10, that is a open corner three, and he is shooting th- that thing instead of being, like, really weirdly hesitant and, you know, giving up, like, not hunting for a shot more when, you know, we really need it every bucket that we can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I feel like we play a really fast-paced type uh, offense at this time, and you and uh, I don't know, 
you think uh, those type of uh, plays were prevalent in that time? I don't even remember that kind of plays at those times. I mean, the, I mean, they were pretty revolutionary, like at that time, and they would have fit right in with the modern era. Like, mm-hmm. Just in terms of the ball movement, I'm not saying they're the same, but like they've run stuff similar to the Warriors in a way. You know, they pass it to the high post, two guys kind of cut around them, and you know, Weber and Vlade try to find the open guys cutting or like spotting up for three. And you know, it's very again, it's very reminiscent of like what Jokic does, but it's it's instead of Jokic, is two two guys, two lesser passers, but who are still good, but you know, not Jokic. Mm-hmm. They would have fit right in in today's era. Mm. Uh, next note I have, Shaq gets a foul on Weber. Again, weak foul. And basically, yeah, basically what it was was uh, Vladi was guarding him, and Weber kind of comes over and kind of scrapes him on the head, like is what I wrote. And it's a foul. And again, it's, refs are just very sensitive to any Shaq foul. And this foul actually gave Kings fans a heart attack because it looked like it was on Vladi. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it... It really didn't look like a foul to me, in my opinion, uh, especially on Vladi. But with Weber, uh, yeah, I don't think so, in my opinion. Yeah, he kind of scrapes him on the head. There's contact, so maybe. But, like, you know, again, refs are incredibly sensitive to any contact with Shaq. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just how this this game has been kind of repped. And, you know, there is there are inconsistencies in terms of, like, the con what contact they'll let go but like it just seems way too often that i'm just seeing these weak fouls being called against a guy that's you know bulldozing everyone so you have to kind of like you know bump him really hard in order to you know put up any sort of resistance mm-hmm. anyways yeah that's their that's the fourth foul on weber uh shaq gets free throw. shaq by the way i think at this point had not missed a free throw i think he was 11 for 11 and this is where i really started to pay attention to whether he steps over the line or not he, def- he definitely does step over the line after the release. So, like, people who are, like, saying, like, oh, you know, they should have called that, it doesn't really matter. Like, there was one play where they actually got the offensive rebound, but it didn't – but it wasn't because he stepped over the line. It just happened to go to him. So, th- people who are, like, saying, like, well, they should have called the violation, I don't like getting that technical with some of these things. Like – it just, it just takes the fun out of the game at that point, mm-hmm. my opinion. Do you have a different take on that? I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, calling a Giannis out for every time he, you know, takes his time with his free throws as well. Like, he takes away, like, what, average 12 seconds when uh, you get a, was it, you get a tech, I believe, if you uh, go over 10 seconds? It gets wiped, it gets wiped off the free throw. I see. So, yeah, you know, we don't call it nowadays where Giannis, uh, I don't think it really matters with Shaq uh, stepping over the free throw line uh, after he shoots it. So, yeah, that's my take. To be fair, that the Giannis thing has gotten legitimately funny now. And <laughs> also, it, it is it is legitimately annoying how long it takes them. Whoever is Giannis' shooting coach needs to get fired. Because I think that makes it worse because you're thinking even more. Like, you know, get like getting it, getting like getting into your head, like some sort of mental block. Try and like try and just like speed up the process. Seriously, I think it honestly makes his free throws even worse. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna say uh, I think next year he's gonna change that. I feel I, I feel like it's gonna go down and cut it probably to let's just say seven seconds. Sad thing is I like Giannis actually came in with a really nice looking jumper, and whoever the hell is his shooting coach. I'm, I hate to be the guy that calls for people to get fired. Needs to get fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you've ruined what well, you've ruined Giannis's jump shot, and it's to a point where I don't think it's fixable at this point because oh, it's really? it's pretty hardwired into his body. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the game. Um, I have another note. Doug Doug Christie is all over Kobe. I don't I don't really recall a bucket like in the fourth quarter up to this point. It's like midway through the through the fourth against Doug. Like Doug is all up in his jersey denying him the ball, not getting him not giving him anything easy at all. Like and anytime he even gets like free at all, like there's help. Like it forces Kobe into like weird like floaters and like crazy twisting like hanging layups. Like Doug did an amazing job on Kobe this game. Oh yeah, he he definitely did and you know there were some times, you know, of course, Kobe is going to be Kobe and he hits those shots over Doug. But yeah, throughout the game, he, he really kept them in check. Um, let me check, actually. How many did he make? 10 for 20 at the end? I will say, like, some, yeah, the, the field goal percentage is actually fine. I've, like, the points is a bit misleading because he did have a lot of free throws towards the end. Yeah, of course. So, but, uh, yeah, like, he was just amazing. There was a stretch where Bobby Jackson, of all people, was on him, and, like, that's when he kind of got going. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, okay, now, now, that, now that, like, jogs my memory, he did hit one on Doug, like, after kind of getting getting more comfortable with Bobby Jackson guarding him. But, like, Doug was – Doug gave him nothing easy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, uh, on the next pos- um, on next few possessions, like, um, Kings played good defense. Um Vladi forces a jump ball on Shaq, and I wrote here that the Kings got away with one because uh, they do a jump ball, and Vladi tips it while on the ground because like n- neither one of the, neither him or Shaq got the ball when they were jumping. Instead, like Vladi landed on the ground and then tipped it to to uh, the Kings. So the rule is that you cannot be your feet cannot be on the ground when you tip it. So the Kings kind of got away with one there. So. You know, there there were some things that did go the Kings' way. Not a lot, but, you know, there were some. So that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weber gets his fifth very shortly after this. It is a god-awful flop on uh, Robert Ory again. Just flops <laughs> like flops like a fish. Just, yeah. And I, I think had Weber did that, I think that was the dagger. Because, like, Kings were rolling. Like, that would have, like, gotten them, I think, a four-point lead at that point. And, like, I imagine they kind of start to pull away because, again, Lakers, for so many possessions, just look dead in the water. And, like, it just took a little bit to push them off the edge. And I think, like, honestly, like, Weber makes that – Weber made that hook. And if this yeah. counted, I think that was – I think that was it. But I hated it. I hated this call. <sighs> yeah, me too. If if only, but you know, of course, no. I'll let you take over for Vlade's uh, six because it was shortly after. It was, I think it was the next possession after this. All right, uh, hold on. Let me try finding it in my notes. Wait, did I even write it? Gee. You write down Vlade's six? That that oh, was a no. pretty big turning oh, point. Yeah, here it here it is. Of course, of course. Uh, let's just say, what, what is it? 
Ori had the ball, and uh, you know, Weber. I, I gotta say, Weber grabs Ori's wrist. <laughs> I, it was a queer view of uh, you know, Weber grabbing Ori's wrist, and you know, in my opinion, should have been called, but uh, of course the refs, I guess, didn't call it or did not even see it at all for some odd reason. Uh, then I believe uh, I forgot who retrieved the ball. Um, Robert Ori retrieved the ball, and then and then basically Vladi kind of lands on top of Ori, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's how he fouls out. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was it no, it shouldn't have been a call. It was like a soft landing. I it, I mean it was like he was trying to grab the ball, of course, but man that. That that was that shouldn't been a call in my opinion. I thought it was a legit foul, but like for the sixth foul, like that's how that's how he fouls out. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Kings got away with like you know Weber not getting called for a six, but yeah, like that's. I mean, yes, it it is a legit foul, I think, because he because he like you can't because he kind of does kind of hook uh, Ori. And that's and yeah, it is a foul, but that's a, that cannot be a six foul in my opinion. No, just, it just play on, I guess. But yeah, I thought it was to, you know for like one of the most important players like on the court, like again, the, the if that's how you get your six foul, that's so weak. Yeah, like compared to you know Weber actually grabbing Ori's wrist, uh, yeah, like I said, that should have been. Uh, probably a call, and yeah, as you said, yeah, they shouldn't have called the Vlade's uh, foul and uh, played on. I, I actually wonder, let's see, I, I believe the Kings would have had the ball uh, by the end of it, right? It, someone from the Kings grabbed it? So, uh, at the end of the possession, well, go, well go, I, think it, I think it went as free throws to Ori, because he's the one that got fouled, and Lottie goes to the bench. Funderburg checks back in. Mm-hmm. No, no, I was wondering if, uh, whatchamacallit, if it were to like play on after Vlade fell on, I was wondering who would have gotten the ball. I think, yeah, I think a Kings player ended up with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember right. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, Funder, Funderburg checks in because Vlade is gone. <laughs> uh, Pollard's gone. So we'd have no choice. <laughs> we have to put in th- Funderburg, which is not a slight on Funderburg. You know he's the third he's the third center or power mm-hmm. forward or something, but yeah again just no just helpless against Shaq another foul very shortly after he checks in on a post entry, and again I would have gone with a no call it was so weak and like you know Shaq's backing his ass into the dude and like Th- Thunderbird is trying his best to reach and deflect the ball and I thought it was fine mm-hmm. and yeah another foul on Thunderbird. Or free throws for Shaq. Yeah. And I think he finally started to miss. But it was like, I don't think he missed two in a row. I think he only no. start, started, I think he just started going one for one. So all the credit in the world. I know a lot, as I've said, there's a lot of weak fouls, but credit to Shaq for making so many of them. Like, he was really good from the free throw line this game. Mm-hmm. Well, going on, uh, there was a play uh, from uh, Kobe where he, drives from the baseline, and uh, Chrissy was in front of him, uh, you know, hands up, 
I think uh, jumping to uh, try blocking uh, Kobe's shot. And uh, right behind, Weber blocks Kobe's shot. Uh, but, you know, of course, refs called a foul on Christie. And, and, you know, in my opinion, it's a it's a pretty bad angle uh, to see what kind or what kind of contact uh, actually happened between Christie and Kobe. But, yeah, from the back side, I, I think it should have been a no call. You're not you're not gonna like my take on this. Oh but no. <laughs> I think I think it was a legit call. There was a lot of contact on the lower body. Like Co- Co- all the credit in the world for Kobe for drawing the contact, like getting into uh, Christie's body. And and like when you look at when he goes up, there is a lot of contact with the hips. And mm-hmm. you know he draws a lot of contact and is a legit foul. I think because like he legitimately like impedes Kobe's momentum. And I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was enough contact for a block. I see, I see. <laughs> okay then. But before, uh, but before that, I was actually gonna get to this call. But uh, Shaq had a hard foul on Thunderberg, where like he he grabbed I think his shoulders and essentially threw him down like a choke slam basically. Uh, and uh, yeah, Bill Walton was trying to call a flagrant foul on that. What was your take on that? I don't. I, I felt like it was a flop, in my opinion. Really, a flop? Wait. Really? I'm trying to remember the. Right. Do you do you remember the foul? So Thunderbird goes up for a layup, is in the air, and and uh, Shaq Shaq grabs his arm and legitimately slams him down, basically. Okay. Remember that? You remember that play? I yeah. Now I remember. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it should have been called a flagrant, but it was a common foul. It was a common foul. Oh. Yeah. So he, he, here's here's my take on it. It's a hard foul, and in today's game with review, that would be a reviewed uh, play, and it would be a flagrant foul. Mm-hmm. I would disagree with it. I just think it's a I just think it's a playoff foul. Just play it like. Just a... I, no, I would call it a regular foul. It would definitely uh-huh. be a flagrant foul. I I'm old school in that way. I just think it's a good hard playoff foul. Play on, mm. my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Thunderbird makes one of two that play. Okay. Yeah. I, oh man, I actually forgot about that play. Oh man. I just remember it being brought up in some video that I watched where like he probably should have been a flagrant. Again, I, I don't agree with most flagrants nowadays. Like just. I just think, like, you know a flagrant when you see a flagrant. And mm-hmm. the way that the NBA is officiating, they get real technical to the letter of it. So the letter of the law is that if it's above, like, the, the neck, it's an automatic flagrant. But you but you know what a flagrant is. People, mm-hmm. fans, I think, know what, a, like, um, you know, bad intentions are. And I just, I just think this is just a good hard foul. Shag is trying to prevent a layup. Granted, in a very aggressive way, but like, I I would have just called it a regular foul. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely a flagrant though. Okay, uh, next one, uh, next one uh, that I have after the Kobe foul, um, Lawrence the Thunderberg has a what I call an unfortunate foul after I think it was a Mike Bibby miss, where he basically is running towards the ball but just happens to kind of foul Fox for free throws. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? 
uh yeah it's it's oh man yeah it was unfortunate he in my opinion it it should have been played on if if he didn't run into fox but man uh yeah it's just it just happened to be that he wanted to try getting uh the ball but you know fox was already there and potentially we could have maybe stop the play in the other end never know i mean the game could have changed at that point we were pretty close at that point too yeah it was a very close game down the stretch i think like for a while the uh the lakers were up three but like we were going possession by possession it was like very close for much much of the final minute or final Mm -hmm. minutes and yeah, it's just unfortunate. I like he's just trying to get the ball, but it just happens to kind of run into Fox for you know what I what I thought thought was a legit foul, and it gives him free mm-hmm. throws. It doesn't even give us a chance to like play defense and get a stop. And it's again unfortunate is how I describe this. Wait, people consider that a no call? Like, I mean, it's a pretty weak foul for the most part. Like, it's I don't know. Like, I think it's legit. I get mm-hmm. why it's a foul, but like. Uh, there, like he fell down, so it has to be a call. But like, in, in some universe, I feel like that could be a no call. But mm-hmm. he's on the ground, like it's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one of uh, Rick Fox, like you know, he keeps appearing on this, but he draws a foul on uh Hito Turkaloo on kind of a post move. Mm-hmm. What, did you think this was a foul? Uh. Yeah, I thought it was a foul. My, I thought uh, Turku should have just kept his arms up and hopefully, uh, you know, not draw too much contact. But he just, uh, I, I felt like he drew a uh, little too much contact to, for the ref to, you know, call that foul. Yeah, that's kind of my take too. Like he, his arm came down just a teeny bit, and unfortunately, like I think had he just kept it straight, I think it would have yeah. been fine. That mm-hmm. that was the issue. But like, yeah, I felt it was. It's another kind of just like, eh, yeah, but like, you know, be a man, Rick Fox, just finish through him. <laughs> but, you know, my 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 take on it, I thought it was relative. It's a legit foul, albeit very weak, mm-hmm. which is kind of my catchphrase uh, this episode. Um, next uh, next play, uh, Bibby just goes hard to the basket. And, it, it, you know, normally it's not an issue, but, like, with how many kind of these soft, weak fouls that are being called, it really stands out that Bibby doesn't get a call here. Although, this is how a lot of games tend to go. Like, you know, the other team gets starts getting a little frustrated and forces the issue and just ends up with nothing. But, you know, again, with how the game had been going up to this point, like... Like, refs were just not showing the Kings that much love on some of these kind of 50-50 fouls, let's call them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the final play I have, it is the famous Kobe elbow play. Now, before I get into it, I have heard people say that G- G- Bibby did grab Kobe first. I don't know what the fuck yeah. those people are saying, <laughs> but, like, there, I've heard, I've heard a, you know, a guy that I respect a lot say like well it should have been a double foul because bibby grabbed him yeah it did not happen yeah if, if he was grabbing him before uh kobe grabbed kobe elbowed him in the face fine at, at you know at best it happened at the same time and there's no way i see in any way that you call this on bibby 
So yeah, the, the famous elbow. There's no, there's no, there's no two cents about it. Flagrant foul, two, two shots, two shots for the Kings and ball back. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this this play really definitely could have went, uh, what you might call it, the Kings' way if you know the refs, of course, called that foul instead of Kobe shooting two free throws. Which I, I did. Did he miss one for this one? No, he made both. I think he made all those free throws. Mm. Right. Quick. Yeah, he the, made all of them. Yeah, so there you go. So yeah, so yeah, Kobe made both his free throws, and if Bibby did draw that foul, yeah, he would definitely would have made those two free throws with possession and a potential uh, gaining the lead. That's game, in my opinion. Well, they would have had to foul us, and that's probably it, right? Like, yeah. It's. I mean, it unfortunately, does hinge a lot on this play. It's just. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, there's no, there's no two cents about it. The refs screwed this one up. And I don't, I don't know how people can say, like, well, he grabbed him. At, again, at best, at the same time, still, like, the more egregious foul is the elbow to the face. Mm-hmm. Like, I, again, I, I don't know what people are talking about when, like, they say, well, Bibby should have been called for a foul. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Maybe we need to see a different angle. No, they showed a bunch of angles, I believe. They showed a bunch of angles, and I was try- almost trying to time it frame by frame when Bibby grabs him. Again, it's it's at, at the same time at best. You cannot call that on Bibby. How? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I will respectfully disagree with anyone that says anything which should have been called on Bibby on this one. No, for sure. This this was one of the worst like, calls, I got to say to end this game and unfortunately uh the game ends when kobe makes his free throws bibby misses a game tying three and mm-hmm. um or or he makes one of two to basically uh make it out of reach for the kings and they escape game six by like literally the skin of their teeth and uh yeah Unfortunately, the uh, Kings do end up losing Game 7 because of a, a ton of missed free throws and shooting awful from three. And uh, this uh, this series kind of like rides in infamy ever since. <sighs> yeah, I, I felt like if, if only Vlade made maybe one or two more field goals or mid-ranges and we didn't, I felt like we forced a a couple or uh, quite a few shots uh, towards the end. Uh, I felt like we could have uh, gained back the lead and or potentially, you know, just held it towards the end. Uh, well, before we kind of get into our final verdict, um, I'm just going to quickly go over some articles that I was able to find. So this is from the Basketball Network and from in 2018. Uh, there was a quote. Um, I don't have the exact quote, but the controversy behind game six uh, basically there was a quote inside in, in the article where Weber didn't think the NBA was out to get the refs at, or to get the refs to get the Kings the refs were which doesn't make any sense no. <laughs> who come who commands the refs and like okay. <laughs> maybe so I'm guessing he's implying maybe the refs had something personal against the Kings no uh, sure I mean what, what has the Kings ever done to the Wait, to the refs at all? I don't, I don't think I recall any of that. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't really find anything around that time either. Um, 
So I don't I don't know. That's a weird quote from uh, Weber. Uh, the next article I read from uh, ESPN. It is a summary of the Roland Beach uh, article on 82games.com. This was published in 2008. So basically, Roland uh, did an analysis of Game Six and all the foul calls. There's a very detailed uh, kind of like play by play that he does, and in summary. Uh, uh, Roland found nine questionable calls, like very quote-unquote questionable calls. These are like legitimately ones where like he thinks like where it feels – I forgot how he described it, but these are the calls that really could have gone either way, and there were nine of these. And he says that seven of them went in the Lakers' favor while only two went in the Kings' favor, Mm -hmm. And, and in total cost the Kings six points. I felt like most of those were uh, on Shaq, in my opinion. Probably, yeah. Unfortunately, again, they they were so sensitive on some of the some of these calls uh, for Shaq, and maybe it's the makeup for Game Five. I don't know if we'll ever do a Game Five review, but like, again, this this series kind of hinged on free throws and who the fouls were getting called on, and. You know, in Game Five, it just like just looking at the box score again, one free throw from Shaq which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they. this is just kind of, I guess, the, the rebalancing of, of the pendulum um, swing back the entirely the other way. And uh, yeah, and unfortunately, Shaq got a lot of calls this game. Yeah, not only that, he, he made a lot for uh, a guy uh, of his field, or not field goal, free throw percentage. Okay, so... Uh, he also says on the final play of the Kobe elbow to Bibby, now, I don't agree with this. He says it should have been a double foul because Bibby was grabbing him. And I have I've said my piece on it. I don't see how you can ever call that on Bibby because at best they, they catch him. He grabs Kobe at the same time when the elbow comes through. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how people come up with that. I Maybe it's something with the quality. I just cannot see how his hands, he doesn't really grab him until Kobe like hits him in the face is, is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if, you know, Bibby did grab or do something with Kobe, the first thing you notice is Kobe swinging his elbow at Bibby. I, I had no, I didn't see anything that Bibby could have done to justify a foul on Colby. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I can't. Yeah, I don't the only thing I saw that. again, but it happens after the elbow where he does kind of yank on Kobe. You can see like, you know, Kobe kind of losing his balance a little bit. But again, that happens after the elbow. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how you can ever call anything on Bibby. Anyways, well, wait, go ahead. I mean, didn't they call the foul on Bibby anyway? Because I thought they called it on someone. I thought they called it on someone else. I thought someone had to foul Kobe because if like you can't foul someone before the ball is inbounded. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Go ahead. Anyways, I, I was just gonna move on to the next point. Uh. So Roland details many calls uh, were benefited to the Kings. Hmm. Or he he talks about there are a lot of calls that ended up benefiting the Kings. To the point where it basically evened out throughout the game is his conclusion, and he, and coming to the conclusion that it's a bit of a stretch to call it rigged, 
and that Kings did end up getting like some favorable calls their way as well, and just kind of says like if the if the refs slash the NBA really wanted to rig it, why not just call everything against the Kings? So that's basically his conclusion. It's just it's a bit of a stretch to call it rigged, but there were pretty there was there were some calls that definitely went more the Lakers way, but uh, yeah. not to the point where you can call it rigged. Yeah, I, I could say, or I could see that uh, how uh, there were some calls that uh, could have went the Kings' way, and you know, even if uh, you know we uh, got those calls, we we really didn't really uh, what you might call it hit many free throws during this game as well. To be honest, to you know help that lead or you know justify it. Uh, so this uh, moving on to another article. This is from NBC Sports in 2019. Uh, so Tim Donaghy, he, so he was con- uh, promoting his his new book at the time, and he yeah. went on NBC Sports Bay Area f- with uh, Monty Poole on the Warriors Insiders podcast, and he just straight up said the Kings were robbed at the end of Game Six. And he de- and in the interview he says that Dick Bavetta, uh, I mentioned him earlier in the episode, earlier in the episode, Dick Bavetta. Vetta was the, the league's go-to fixer for games. He even says, apparently, like one of the running jokes between refs was that Dick Vavetta was putting game sixes to force game sevens. Really? <laughs> that was apparently like a thing uh, within like referee circles. Hmm, I actually kind of want to know how many game sixes he's officiated <laughs> that makes it or that has made it to game seven. So I did not go through all that, so unfortunately I can't give you that. But yeah, that was apparently his reputation amongst the refs. Uh, Donnie, he also called Delaney, Bob Delaney, another ref, um, the most incompetent ref in big games. So essentially he's he's saying that, you know, they put, you know, the rigor and the worst ref in, the, I guess, in the in the league to basically muck up this entire game. And I believe... I don't think De- De- Delaney was in game one, but uh, Bavetta was in game one when Shaq went off and got a ton of calls. Yeah, you know, uh, for game one, it, it, I mean, it really could go either way at that point because, you know, it's the first game, to be honest. And uh, it was, uh, whatchamacallit, the Lakers home court? No, Kings home court. We were the higher seed this higher seed this year. Man, I always forget it. Man, that that was some year, but yeah, in my opinion, could win either way. Even if Dick, of course, officiated that game. In my opinion, I'm looking at the box score right now. It's not as it's not as bad as I thought. So Shaq only got six free throws. That's that's. But how, however, however. So I'm I'm looking deeper into it. Lakers got 22 free throws while the late or while the Kings only got 17. So maybe that was the disparity. Because mm-hmm. other than that, nothing really sticks out to me. Yeah, but you know, game most games uh, probably wouldn't have like even out free throw attempts anyway for each team. Yeah. So okay. All right. Anyways, um, yeah. Moving on with the quotes. Uh, you know, I guess is it. I guess it's like it's been long enough. We can mention his name, Grant Napier. Uh, in this article, um, well, they get a quote from Grant Napier, and Napier believes that Game Six is the worst uh officiated game of all time. 
But ultimately, he says, you know, that is that, you know, there's that. But they the, the Kings losing game seven uh, was kind of like the, the re, I guess the reason why the Kings legacy. It's a bit tainted and blames primarily the 14 missed free throws in that game for you know, ultimately losing the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, I hate, I agree with him. Like you, you had that game. You, you still had game seven at home and free throws. Like you had to make them like Shaq. These last two games shot great from the free throw line. Like he came through when they needed, when they, when they needed him. And unfortunately the Kings just weren't able to kind of finish the job. And, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm a big believer in that. You know, you, you just do, you take what you got and just try and complete the job in front of you. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they had games seven at home. They had all those free throws, and they shot I think like fi- just over fifty percent from the free throw line. And yeah, and no good. Um, Doug Christie is also in the same boat. He's he says that the Kings shouldn't have let the calls get to them, and like to take them out of the game. And they they knew well he even he even says like that he basically felt like something was off with this game uh, Doug does but the Kings needed to just handle their business and just you know take again take what what was given to them and just finish the job which they unfortunately weren't able to and he also says uh Vlade Peja and Bobby are you know back in sack and, and Doug are back in sack because they have unfinished business here and this is where I mentioned again, this uh, article was published in 2019 and two out, two out of those four guys are gone now. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, they tried in uh, the 03 uh, season and uh, yeah, sadly with Weber down it, it was a pretty tough series to go through. That would have been interesting, us going up against the uh, the Kings going up against the Spurs. I don't know who wins that series, but like, I mean, we were we were handing the, the Mavericks ass to them like before mm-hmm. Weber got hurt, and it's unfortunate because, man, he they killed the Mavericks. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the last uh, article I'm gonna quickly go through. So this one's interesting. So this was published by NPR in t- 2008. So ex-referee says that um ex-referee being uh, Tim Donaghy, says that the 2002 NBA playoffs was rigged. So this was during the 2008 finals, and this was when Donaghy was in court basically alleging that Game 6 was fixed. So it was all over the the news, like to the point where in the 2008 finals with the Celtics versus the Lakers, they were asking the players questions about the series. And particularly, uh, Derek Fisher, and I don't, I don't know if they asked Kobe, but I couldn't find anything about from Kobe, but they asked Derek Fisher what he thought uh, about the 2002 series and whether it was rigged or not. And this is what he said. He said he did not remember the refs helping them. He only remembers that they won. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, he can very much go fuck himself. He's dirtbag <laughs> and he also says that you know he basically he makes the point that refs calls are random sometimes and like some t- some games you get calls some ca- some games you don't get calls and yeah and you know it basically he does basically said nothing <laughs> essentially he just says like that's in the past like um i, I have moved on mm-hmm. yeah good good for him 
Um, uh, they also asked Scott Pollard, who was on the Celtics at the time. And basically, so th- so when they first asked him about it, he said that he knew all along that the that the series was rigged, and f- and it's and he said that it felt that way during the during and after the game. However, the next time they interviewed him, he walked back his story after he thought about the situation more, and he says he ultimately doesn't believe in a re- uh, ref conspiracy, particularly because it comes from Donahue, who first of all did not ref the game. And he implies that Donaghy had a lot to gain from bringing up the 2002 series in the court documents, because at that point, Donaghy's, you know, reputation was in the shitter for the most part. Like, you know, he was persona non grata and he wanted to I get the the, I, the implication that Scott Pollard, I think, was going out was that he's trying to essentially earn back public trust and, you know, earn back some reputation points from the public and gain their favor so that you know his reputation doesn't get further dragged into the mud. Uh, hmm. I mean, is anyone really talking about him in a positive way at this point? After uh, all this, I mean, nowadays, like, not—I don't think it's like as negative. I mean, it's ten years later, so twenty yeah. years later, so. And then again, he didn't officiate that specific game either, so. Uh, I, I, I mean, here, here's my thing. When a liar, it's hard to ever trust a liar, right? Mm-hmm. Like when a liar is, you know, alleging that, you know, this other person lied to you, you really trust the liar in the first place. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm on the I'm on the boat that you know, he he Donnie he definitely had had personal gain in this. Like when he was promoting his book in 2019, oh, like yeah. I I'm still kind of skeptical because. People like to promote their book and like to say some stuff, you know, have some good, uh, you know, good one-liners and good quotes to kind of promote the book. So like, you know, he has personal gain in that. So like, it's hard to actually trust his word. But again, where there's smoke, there is fire. And the, 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 I guess the ultimate conclusion that I kind of come to is that the, this series was very hor- horrifically officiated. Whether or not it was rigged. I mean, after watching the game, like, first of all, what what did you think? Yeah, like I said, I mean, of course, poorly officiated, but we had plenty of chances and open looks that could have gained back our lead or even tied the lead towards the end. And, you know, I I do wish there was some calls that uh, could have went our way, but, you know, there was also those empty moments where we should have hit uh, that mid range or that three, or we shouldn't have pushed so hard to force a shot and, you know, potentially, you know, just draw a foul or somewhat. Yeah. And, you know, just watching this game normally, I, I mean, of course there, again, I mentioned a lot of weak fouls that Shaq got that did get very annoying. But other than that, like it wasn't, I don't think it was that egregious. Like Kings, Kings got calls, which ultimately kind of evened out. It felt it felt even to a certain degree. Like mm-hmm. it's not like there, it's not like you know Lakers were getting all the calls and Kings were getting not getting any calls. They did end up getting a few of those calls, and it just it felt even even like you know overall in my opinion. And yeah, to call it like rigged is a bit far. And you know the Kings did very much their own part to blow this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sadly enough. 
Yeah, and you know, all the grand in the world, they had a chance to, you know, go to, you know, go up and like had that flagrant been called on Kobe, I think that's the end of the Lakers dynasty here. But, you know, shit happens and uh yeah, the King the Kings just couldn't close couldn't take care of business and close the series. Yeah. It's it's too bad. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of the height of King's fandom, and it's always fun to kind of go back and just watch, like, beautiful, beautiful, like, basketball, like, being played. And, like, you know, what what was a pretty, like, let's just let's just call pretty kind of dry era, let's just say. I mean, th- there was the Laker dynasty, but it was a very slow game where not a lot of scoring was going on, and it was kind of like defense first and mm-hmm. because the Pistons take over very shortly after this, and – it is a ugly, ugly slog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot more Peter basketball at the time, and I kind of wish I watched more of it uh, uh, at that time. But you know, watching it now in a different mindset uh, with, uh, yeah, with what's going on right now with the NBA. So yeah, it's a pretty fun watch, I gotta say. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that uh, like blast from the past. This, you know, very special uh, episode of Sack King's Therapy. You know, it was our 100th episode. We had to do something special. And we're glad to be able to actually, you know, not personally experience Game 7, but it's the first time I've ever seen games, Game 6. And, uh, yeah, I, I came I came out of it just... Like, you know, getting a different perspective on it. What say you, Fall? Yeah, it's, uh, like you said, first time, uh, you know, watching throughout this game, like, personally, and uh, seeing, yeah, Flash is like, what's the the saying? Flash from the past or something? Blast from the past. Uh, There we go. But yeah, let us know your thoughts. Uh, and, uh, you know, you could email us at uh, satkingsverypod at gmail.com. That is not our email. <laughs> oh, okay. It is kingstherapypod at gmail.com. So kings, the S, and then therapypod at gmail.com. Feel free to email us your thoughts. Uh, were we wrong? Or are, are we 100% right on it? Because I, I went into, you know, this review having having you know different expectations for what i was going to come up with and it was definitely different <laughs> to say the least yeah lots of lots of takes let's just say yeah uh, well in honor of game six as well it is game six uh phoenix versus uh clippers for the western conference finals tonight fong who do you have i uh, i'm gonna be honest i really want the Clippers, but you know, being uh, being Phoenix, being like a small market team, I also want to support them too. But you know, I, I gotta go with Phoenix winning this game. Eh, I don't even consider them a small market. They got a, I don't know, they got an asshole owner. I don't like that franchise anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I I love the I love what the Clippers are doing. Like because since Kawhi went out, like you would think they would fall apart, but they haven't. And like Paul George has stepped up, everyone else has stepped up. Reggie Jackson, what in the, what happened to that man? Like, do you get injected with like, I don't know, some some sort of PEDs? Cause like, where where's this where's this coming from? They got a they got a lot of underdog in them, and I just can't help but love how they're playing. And 
right now, I I mean, it's it's kind of the battle of the curses right now, right? It, like, which one is going to win out, the curse of Chris Paul or the curse of the Clippers? And uh, Chris Paul has not played well for the most part since coming back. And, I mean, I really want the Clippers to win. I, I love that underdog mm-hmm. mentality they got in them, so I'm going to pick the Clippers. Yeah. Too bad uh, Kawhi's not going to be back for the rest of the conference. And, you know... If he was back, I I feel like yeah, Clippers had having the bag. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I, I, they have no business being anywhere close to this. But like at, I I'm not saying it's like a Ewing theory type thing, but like it just seems like everyone's more pumped. Like everyone just happens to step up like more mm-hmm. when their star is gone, and this is what's happening with Paul George. Like Paul George is stepping up. Reggie Jackson has been stepping up, and. You know, again, that underdog in him. And, uh, yeah, I, you, you say the Phoenix is a small market. I don't consider the Clippers a big market because, l- let's no, be honest, no. they're, they're like, going to be forever little brother to the Lakers mm-hmm. for, yeah. you know, for the next 20 years, even if, like, they win, you know, however many championships. Like, they're just always going to be the little brother to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I consider them a small market team as well. And, yeah, I don't know, something about Phoenix, like, great story like coming out like Devin Booker finally kind of coming into his own Chris Paul finally like having his time to shine although you know hampered a little bit by you know COVID and campaign like the campaign has had a great like I guess resurrection not even really a resurrection this is more like again it's kind of like Breezy Jackson where the hell did this guy come from this dude was playing in China last year (laughs) like and now he's a legitimately like high-level backup point guard, almost too good to be a backup point guard at this point. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, great story, like, all around. Yeah, I can't actually kind of want to watch this game, but, uh, yeah, we'll see when it comes on then. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you. so you pick the Suns, and I pick the Clippers. If the Clippers win, I will make fun of you forever. For for some reason, you never pick – you never go with your heart. You just never learn. I know. I never learned. All right, Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, We'll catch you guys on episode 101 whenever that comes out. Oh, yes. We'll see you guys later.